Good morning, Albuquerque. It's another day in the new normal. Another day in the diet apocalypse. You're listening to 95.9 FM and 610 AM, the sports animal. And the program you are listening to, Dave and Busters presents... ABQ Central live from the ABQ Act studio powered by New Mexico Pinon. Another week in paradise. Welcome back, Albuquerque. It is 7 a.m. on a Saturday, and it is good to be here with you. Here on ABQ Central, we have another Fredless show. You're welcome. Got rid of him for another week. Oh, and no. in his stead, oh no, it's me. <laughs> we have star of stage and screen. He did such a good job last week. We had to have him on as a co-host. Welcome to the show, Royal Wood the Third. Hey, it's good to be here, guys. Um, really excited. Um, barely gotten any sleep, so <laughs> I'm running off of like maybe like three to four hours of sleep, but I'm stoked, dude. So I've been stoked ever since uh, we had. The conversation last weekend you know so it was pretty dope i'm glad i'm here hell yeah man good to have you and frequent contributor man about town three of the last four weeks now yeah <laughs> fred's number one fill-in the reliever of the year gold medalist talented and handsome kob tv's brandon ortega good morning brandon what's up man i feel a little less sleepy Every time we do this, dude, you're, you're all even, bright. I, even though I I wasn't here to Saturday, two week even you know two weeks later, still it's still you still feel the effect you know of getting up two weeks in a row. For and sure, you just don't get up that early usually. Because uh, my son's two now, and he he'll get up like seven thirty, you know usually to get up for daycare. But it's like when he was one years old where it was like sporadic. You know he'd get up at three, four, five, so. But uh, I only get up if I'm hanging out with you guys. Well, we appreciate so, it, man. You get a solid six early. You know what I mean? You get a so, solid six last feels night. Good. You get six in. Uh, I think Ooh. almost. I think almost. I'm a, yeah. I'm a six we, guy. We, we got phone about eleven thirty or something, something like that. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. texting. We, like, we touched base right before we passed out last night. Yeah, yeah. Did Are you, you a six guy? How much do you need, Royal? Um, some. This depends on the day. Sometimes I'm able to get six. Sometimes I'm lucky enough to get eight. But. It's actually whenever I get home, it's like, bam, go straight to bed. Because then, like we were talking about whenever we were coming up to the studio, I normally up around 7. You know, I work up, and then I shower, then I go into work. I normally work like a 10 to 5 or 10 to 6, come right straight back home. So especially in these times, it's like I really don't got nothing to do but yeah, right. wake up and go to work <laughs> and go home. So, but other than that, yeah. Did you did you get any REM? Did you get that rapid eye movement? <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, we no idea. Because you got to get jostled out of bed so abruptly to be here. Like you don't even. Yeah. Like you, even though my alarm got me up, you know, on time, but uh, it was like a slow climb out of uh, bed. Just yeah, I, we got a comfortable bed too. We got a nice big old king. What's your what's y'all what's y'all thread count? I don't know. That's <laughs> yeah. I have to ask the missus. I don't know, but it's it's comfy. I'm a I'm a t-shirt guy. Yeah. I like the the t-shirt sheets, the jersey cotton sheets. Ooh, mm. That's my jam. 
See, I'm super basic. I like I don't even sleep un- under the uh, what's it called under like the comforter and like the fitted sheet anymore. Uh-huh. But not the fitted sheet. But you know how there's that top sheet. Yeah. Yeah. Not even that. I just sleep on top with another. Uh, I, w- I would do that. I would do that. But the missus does it. She likes yeah. getting under any sheet. You she should move. Is she like high quality? Hey, you know we forgot to say good morning to our buddy behind the glass. On the ones and twos, best in the biz, Mike Vital. Good morning, Mike. Mike, Mike I can hey, see you Mike. having like some silk sheets or something cool like that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm like royal. I sleep on top, and that just destroys my girlfriends. Cannot <laughs> yep. handle that. You don't got that fine and Italian linen. Ooh. No, the Italians don't make fine linen. They don't. They put horse heads in beds. They uh, do. Okay. They do. No, okay. you know what? The Egyptian stuff. But my girlfriend lately put on some. Um, like a real warm stuff from like winter, like a heavier sheet. And my gosh, I, I, I'm I'm big and fat, so <laughs> that just tells you that I boil anyhow. So I'm like royal. I just I can't sleep mm-hmm. in covers at this time of the year, especially even though we have AC. Yeah, especially when you're first falling asleep too. Like, right. but then then like three in the morning, then you get a little chilly, then you go under eventually. It's but, weird. Or, yeah, it's like it's it's yeah, it's like a process. It's weird that every Friday night. At 10.30, I think that you're going to be on, Brandon. And then I'm like, no, it's not that time of the year. So I get bummed out every time. <laughs> Aww. And my girlfriend leaves me alone for the, for that time slot. She's like, I know, sports is up next. I go, no, no high school sports. Uh, no sports. Oh. They've been putting us in the 6 o'clock more lately. Not so much in the 10. But uh, in a couple of weeks, actually, we're going to go back to the normal. We do two sportscasts a day, work in the night side shift. Which, man, for the most part, I don't know. So you guys have been working the same hours, right, for your day jobs yep. and stuff? Yeah, give, for, or take, uh, give or take. For, for me, I went from the night side shift, 2 p.m. to 11 p.m. to day side now, like mm-hmm. you know, 8.30 a.m. to about 6 p.m. or so. Right. And it's like a life-changing experience, yeah. you know? Because like, having a two-year-old at home, you're home for dinner, mm-hmm. you're home for bath time every single night. So it's going to be weird to go back to that eventually. But we got a couple more weeks of... An adjusted thing at KOB, and then you know we're hoping in a couple of weeks we have more things to talk about and yep. more things to you know to fill up a sports cast with. So, well, this is we'll a sports. Though. This is a sports show on a sports station, and we yeah, do yeah. occasionally talk about sports on this show. Sports are coming back. NBA declared a date. Nice. They're going to be rocking it. Disney World. MLBs in negotiations, and uh, golf is back. Golf is like I think right now. I think it's they like, may they may yeah, have peed off already today. They're they're playing right now. Third, third round in uh, in Fort the, Worth. The, See, but like when when did golf ever really stop? <laughs> so you, you don't. How do you know? Yeah. Uh, when like, does the hockey season ever end? No, and, I, uh, I know when hockey season ends. It's normally like around April, right? Okay. Well, yeah. I, I honestly don't know. Oh snap! Yeah. Oh. Well, it, 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 and I know it overlaps with the beginning of baseball season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels like April-ish. Yeah, April, May-ish. Like uh, that's whenever they have like the Stanley Cup, Stanley Cup Finals, and everything. Um, but yeah, like every time I've I've seen a couple people like the driving range. I've seen a couple people on like you know putting and stuff like that. So in my head, I was like, okay, did this already start, or was this like technically social distancing already? Because, especially, I mean, especially when like nationwide, maybe worldwide, golf courses weren't even closed all that long. Maybe a month. Yeah, two. Some private clubs just stayed all the way open and closed yeah, their restaurants. They're like, we're yeah. private. We do what we want. Yeah, we don't gotta listen to you guys. Recreational sports seems like golfers have to get that itch to get out the outdoors more than anybody. It seems. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also like golf is the easiest sport to so police. Easy. Like you're not pretty pretty easy. If you yeah. don't get a golf cart, you don't have to get ten feet. Forget six feet. You don't have to get ten feet away from other people. Yeah, you just drive off. Just like bye, <laughs> you know. And like some, you'll be able to let other people know that you're coming because you have to say four whenever you're driving. So it's like, yeah, there's no. I mean, that's applicable now that I think about it, but it's just still the fact of, like, wow, that was, like, one of the things that pretty much wasn't really affected. Like, you know, since especially since, uh, like, uh, them being at a private club and stuff like that. So only a certain amount of people can get in there. So they can actually can't, uh, contain that whole percentage of whatnot of how many people can be in an area and stuff like that. So Well, Justin Smith yesterday, he's one of the top five golfers in the world, yeah. had a great point. And, Brandon, you know about this is the fact that he goes just, you know, not having that energy of a crowd type of atmosphere doesn't, you know, it's hard for me to get to kind of get up on my own, you know, adrenaline, much less. But the crowd is such a big factor. And, and I, I would think in the team sports and coming up for the NBA and NHL playoffs, you need that type of atmosphere of the fans. That's, I think that'll hurt them when it comes to, you know, getting more out of a player. It's going to be a very very weird first few games especially in the nba oh man those bigger sports you know mlb uh who knows if the nfl is really gonna have fans they're yeah. claiming that they're planning on it but you just can't really predict if that's really gonna happen but yeah it's, it's so funny that you would think even in golf that would affect you're them. used to the the, yeah. the soft the Be- soft tender claps because aside I can't from perform without my golf yeah. Clap. yeah because aside from their matches and their tournaments in the PGA, they're not playing in front of fans, Mm-mm. you know? Right. Like, other sports, when you're playing your sport, it's, like, going to be in front of people. Yeah, I'm kind of calling BS on this one. I think they could perform. They're professionals. They've yeah. been training their whole life. They could do this. Cause I want because like, there's a million cameras. You know, Brandon, my, my most frequent athletic activity... I perform very well, and no one's around, and no one's watching. <laughs> this dude. So. <laughs> this uh, it's too early for that, man. Oh, it's never too early. Not for, not for Mr. Nunley. Uh, no, no, sir. But um, So you're talking about the fans for golf. It's um, I remember when it used to be like, you know, the little soft like golf claps. Golf. But for a certain span of time, people were going nuts. Yeah. And they were doing like the whole Happy Gilmore, just yeah. going crazy and everything. It's in the hole! Yeah. Yeah. I so, think I think most courses are like halfway between where it was and where Happy Gilmore is. Sure. There's only like one, I think the Phoenix Open, I feel like. Yeah, the Waste, the management, gets waste management Open. The only one get, that gets <laughs> it's just nuts. Big ass party. Because everyone's yeah. just drunk and just like going for it. With the, As soon as the, the club is swung. It's like, yeah. there's no rules. Say whatever, <laughs> whatever you wild. want, you know? Just, like, start the chants. Yeah. yeah. See, I, I like watch. that. I, yeah. I like energy at sporting events. Like, mm-hmm. I, I hate the purists who are like, oh, that's, that's, not the way you, that's not the way you play the sport. Like, I love bat flips. Give me all the bat flips in baseball. Mm-hmm. Give me golf, golf fans yelling after he hits the ball. Give me, give me people running onto the field. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I, I were, love it. Give if me, I were a professional golfer right now, I'd want my caddy. To be saying stuff, 
Oh, you're out good. loud. Oh, yeah, because then you're chatty, like you hype man. To be, to be, well, exactly. well, I, well, I think like uh, like low key hype man usually, but it's really more of their coach because mm-hmm. they they've got notebooks of like, okay, this fairway's got this thing, this green's got this thing. Yeah, uh, that's how they I, suggest their. Club I feel them. like the caddies should be filling in the dead the dead sound right yeah, now. I feel like, there we go. There we go, Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Oh, McElroy, you did it again. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That'd be, that'd be fun. Oh, man. Cat, All right. Cat, cat, You're listening cat, cat, to... Cat, 2022. <laughs> 2020, sorry. Sports are back. More sports. More NBA. More NASCAR. More racing sports throughout Ooh. the program today. We have some special guests today. If you are with us last week, you know we are talking to people of color in the Albuquerque community, trying to get their perspective on what's going on in the world. 8 o'clock, we have Dwayne Parker, retired fireman, retired paramedic, and owner-operator of Onyx Supportive Living. Coming up at 8 o'clock, 8.15, we got Holman Williams, better known to Albuquerque as DJ 12 Tribe. 12 Tribe. Coming up at 8.15. And frequent contributor and friend of the show, Leah Black of New Mexico Brewers Guild, is coming on at 8.30 to tell us what's going on in the brewing world. It's opening back up. This is a Fredless ABQ Central with special guest host Brandon Ortega of KOB and funniest man in town, local comedian (laughs) Royal Wood III. You're listening to ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Good morning and welcome back. He caught me eating my muffin. Hey, get to dig in there, man. We'll take breaks. <laughs> You're listening to Dave and Buster's Presents, ABQ Central Live from the ABQ Act Studio. Powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee. Brandon, you were invited, but you didn't show up. We threw some axes this week. ABQ Axe is back in business. We are super stoked for that. We got a big party. Have you been there, Royal? Mm-mm. ABQ Axe? No, I haven't been there it's yet. It's a cool place. You ever thrown axes? Actually, I haven't. I really do want to have like the Thor thing, just like rah, just like Mjolnir, but I haven't been able to. It's, we- it's it- weird. The first one you throw is so weird. It's so you're beautifully. Like, I'm gonna cathartic. get in trouble throwing this, <laughs> but <laughs> um, you're supposed to do it there. Now the yeah. question I have. Shout, you- shout out to Miss Angie, Angela, the owner. She's awesome. My question is, um, after you throw the axe, do yeah. you have to walk back over and pick it up, or is there somebody that picks it up for you? I think it's us. I, right? you, you pick it up yourself, mm-hmm. yeah. but I'm sure if you want to upgrade, you could, <laughs> you could have your caddy slash hype man. <laughs> you brought it somebody back. behind you talking talking you up. Ooh. Oh, bro, get that bullseye, dude. Oh, you got it. Dude, oh, dude, you're, dude, you're, you're, you're basically Paul Bunyan, bro. Oh, do they have that right now? Like, for real? Like a caddy and a hype yeah. man? Oh, they do now that we said it out loud. I they kind of they have to. I think to. it's a really good idea. <laughs> wait, They're wait, not wait. doing it yet. That's copyrighted by us. We need our yeah. money, okay? okay. So. Yeah, and. <laughs> ABQ Central. Nice. ABQ Axe. <laughs> Keep us in the loop. No, I mean, they have, they have coaches, and they have people to show you how to throw it, make mm-hmm. sure you're being safe. But mm-hmm. we love our friends at ABQ Axe. ABQ Central is hosting a party. San Mateo and Ozuna, for anyone that hasn't been there. Yep, there's two of them. There's one on Broadbent, and there's one on San Mateo and Osuna. Wait, The wait, newest one. Wait, yeah. so San Mateo turns into Osuna, right? Mm, no, no, they uh, no. they cross over. They cross over. Oh, okay. No, it, uh, do, no, it does that also. Oh, yeah, so, no, you're, you're right. Yeah, because Osuna oh, yeah. 
like where it splits up to Arroyo del Oso. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then it comes Correct. to San, San Mateo, yes. and then you can go right on San Mateo. And it turns, and, and that it would, crosses over into Osuna yeah. again that's on, a, that's on a, interstate. But it is the That's the New Mexico Osuna. road for you. <laughs> yeah, you, for you sure. Are you guys Uber drivers? Uh, I wouldn't want you picking me up. Well, I mean, <laughs> Google Maps. I live in that area, too, and I still yeah. got confused. Right. Yeah. It is uh, east. ABQ uh, axis east of San Mateo. On um, yeah, Albuquerque, real fast. Albuquerque is the only place where you're gonna have a Wantabo on Wantabo. Yes, I, right. Yeah, I, <laughs> I walk by that every day. I'm like, this isn't right. But you know what? I'm not with the zoning commission, so I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I didn't name the streets. They were probably there before I got there. So, <laughs> uh, you excited about the NBA coming back, guys? Yeah, I, yeah. Yes, yesterday's news, you know, stirred it up a little bit with the, this reported. Uh, Big group of NBA players talking about if it's a good idea to come back. Kyrie Irving kind of leading the way, apparently, on it. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to give a platform to the guy who believes in flat Earth. I think. Oh. He, so, <laughs> me, no, no, I think he finally had, like admitted he's wrong. Oh, he. Oh, that's. A, oh, how big of him? That's I, awesome. I think. No, I think that happened. Oh, good for him. A year ago or something like that. My, I'm not going to give a platform to people who recently have believed in flat Earth. <laughs> it's it's still fresh. Yeah, it's still fresh enough where it's weird. Piping so. hot. Um. My question about that is, are they going to continue the se- uh, from when the season left off, as in, like, how many games won a loss? Or are they just going to do a yeah. short like, y- season? So, like, so, so the records are still intact. Okay. Each team, 22 teams, are going to be involved in the return. Okay. Each will play at least – each will play eight games. Where they stand after the eight games, then that determines if the playoffs start right away mm-hmm. um, or – they're leaving a gap for a play-in round. Oh, okay. Because they're because uh, and you, we should get the standings up just to make sure I'm being super accurate. But I know one of the conferences. I want to say it's the Western Conference. The nine and eight seed is kind of packed, okay. and so the rule is if you're within four games of the eighth seed, you can qualify for the play-in tournament. The in the East, the eight seed is the Orlando Magic. The nine seed is Washington Wizards. They are five and a half games out. Don't like their chances. But yeah, the West, the, the West is the a West log jam. Yes, yes, yes. The eight seed is the Memphis Grizzlies. And there are one, two, three, four teams within four games. Yeah, so it really applies more for the Western Conference. As that, it usually does every year because yeah. that's the actual conference. And I think you'll see upsets. I, really, I don't think what team now after three, four months is – in a groove or together, mm-hmm. yeah, I think and I, leadership's going to be the big deal of this whole thing. But I, I could easily see upsets. People not really. Am, do I really want to be in a bubble situation for fifty some days? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. And how rusty are the guys going to be? Because you, you know they're staying in physical shape, right? But are they staying in basketball shape? See, how was, sharp are they? I was thinking about this last night. If I'm LeBron James, who can own. Clearly, he could own his own gymnasium somewhere, right? You right, know, sure. so gonna, many of these guys are rich. He's going to own his own. Or they team. have their own little layers, right? Mm-hmm. Even if it's a layer that's not up to snuff of an NBA gym, it's a it's a million times better than your local YMCA gym, you know, or anything Even like that. Even at his house too, you know. He, oh, at the, yeah, in, in his basement. His yeah, yeah, any anywhere on his property. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of guys that are wealthy enough to have that sort of facility, have their own court to play. Right. I have wondering. I've been wondering for a while. How many of these guys are on the big DL hosting games? 
right? For sure. I haven't I for I sure. I mean, I, oh, I, don't, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. Cause... Like uh, like MJ when he was shooting Space Jam, he had right. all the all the best NBA <laughs> yeah, players. Yeah. Like, who knows? He was he was pretty much playing pickup games with Barkley and Bird and all that. If they if they were, you know, they're they're definitely going against what they should have been doing. Mm-hmm. Like but social distancing. I could see that happening. I I, I could. I could see that. I, I don't. You know, that's just totally like, thinking out loud, speculating. Private, maybe that was uh, happening. Flights and stuff like that. You know, like there's, mm-hmm. there's, they have the access to the transportation. Like I I'm mean, talking about within the, like the last month or so. Uh, Obviously, not since March. Right. But since things have been dying down in certain states, I'm, I'm, I'm curious if, if teams, just even in like waves, just like your first unit guys, your second unit guys are, mm-hmm. are doing that together. I'm. Who knows, Maybe. man? Like, um, if anything, this like what there was not what was announced, like you know them restarting the season. Maybe it was from them actually seeing some of those like secret games or whatnot, being like, okay, <laughs> like some of the coaches being like, okay, our players are ready to play. They've been like you know keeping up with their uh, physique, uh, keeping up with their skills throughout this time. So, if anything, yes, they're ready to play. Maybe that yeah. was happening. So because. It, I, I feel like basketball more than any sport in the off season, even when they're not working out, like if they get even if they get in like their lowest form of of off season program, they're mm-hmm. still picking up. You know, oh, yeah. they're, they're still getting out and doing pickup games. No one's playing defense, probably. No, no. And like- I I think the games were see- like John ja Morant. There's a video that surfaced of him playing with like a pickup game mm-hmm. recently. So and that, yeah, that's that's where the idea kind of sparked. Like, I wonder how long that's really been going on. Like weeks, yeah. maybe. Well, see, they days. should use my unpatented, unpatented bar bubble, and I know you know about this. So, oh. Royal, let me let me hit you with this. I so, am so excited. <laughs> we never had to quarantine. Mm-hmm. We just had to use the the Van Nunley bar bubble, and what that is is you get a kiddie pool, and you cut leg holes in it. And then you hold it up with suspenders, and then everybody has their six feet radius. Okay. We could do this in the NBA, too. We never had to shut anything down. I don't think it would increase offense that much because you got to dribble around the kiddie pool. That's true. But <laughs> until, until, until coronavirus went away or there was a vaccine, yeah. we could have been playing basketball, football, baseball this whole time with the patented uh, bar bubble. Hey, hey, don't don't forget to give the terms and conditions. <laughs> ABQ Central. <laughs> nice. I'm telling you, one of my main quotes of life is I'm all about that quick money in LLC. So let's go ahead <laughs> yeah. and get this. Uh, uh, but yeah. Shark, shark Tank. Here's here's what I'm super interested in is, I mean, like I said earlier, everyone's going to be rusty. It takes a long time to play together to get season sharp, and you don't even get season sharp to like halfway through it, you know, everyone starts playing together. You got the playbook melded. Mm-hmm. That's where it's, leadership comes in. Sure. You got a yeah. team that's got a strong veteran leadership, people mm-hmm. like LeBron, and you have that, that really helps your team gel a little quicker because there's a lot of apprehension right now. And, and, and also they're talking about apathy the last couple of weeks, uh, the mm-hmm. players, and I don't blame them. There's a lot to be worried about. This situation has never happened before and hope it never does again. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited because you know a big um, a big talking point of the last couple seasons is players taking days off, mm-hmm. and we're going to see a lot of that next year because in theory, if there's a game seven of the NBA Finals, it's going to be played on October twelfth. October fifteenth is the NBA draft. October eighteenth is the start of free agency, 
and November 10th is training camps. December 1st is the next season. Mm-hmm. So in a span of six weeks, you're going from Game 7 of the NBA Finals to the tip of the next season. And in my opinion, the only teams that are really going to have any sort of quote-unquote fatigue from this shortened season would be the, the teams that go all the way. All the way, yeah. Because the other like, teams are going to get even more of a break. Like the um, the top teams on uh, both conferences, the Bucks and the uh, Lakers, you know, they're probably going to have to be like, okay, so you sit out, you sit on this one. But the other teams, I'm not going to lie, they should be like, all right, let's keep going. Fighting for their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's make sure we get our free agents in so we can have a good season next year. The so. NBA has really condensed the schedule. I mean, the – there's going to be a lot of games in the first couple of weeks. They were saying there's going to be like four games a day for the first two to three weeks. So Jesus, we go we go into Florida, Vital, get some press passes, cover some NBA. Ooh, uh, I'm coming. You, you take some time off. I'm coming with. <laughs> you got some <laughs> some co-hosts coming with. I'm bringing some doctors with me. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't hey. know, I, and I, I I hope it works out for him. I really do. Testing obviously is the key that we're seeing. Obviously from the UFC, you see how well they've done. NASCAR's done a good job, and I think testing has got to be the key here. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, thinking about the UFC, it's crazy that just seeing two people, you know, con- physically contact each other so much has given us so much hope sure. for yeah. team yeah. sports, right? Yeah, that's uh, thank goodness the UFC did has done what they've done because we may not be as far along right now with the NBA and anything else. Yeah, I think uh, UFC fighters are probably more worried about hepatitis than they are coronavirus. Or yeah. we'll be right back <laughs> with more ABQ Central, ninety-five point nine FM and AN six ten, the Sports Animal. Good morning and welcome back. You're listening to Dave and Buster's Presents ABQ Central live from the ABQ Act studio powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee. Our friends at New Mexico Pinon Coffee, community leaders at New Mexico Pinon Coffee. Shout out to Matt Breger. Awesome dude. Matt wants to help out with the next Black Lives Matter protest. Isn't that cool? Oh, that's what's up. He got his uh, finger on the pulse of the city. I went to the most recent Black Lives Matter protest. You and Fred, yeah. Yeah, yeah, me and Fred did. We actually uh, got on the news, got on KOB, having nothing to do with you. Mm -mm. We're just two. I was just as surprised as anybody. Just two two good-looking allies, camera-friendly. Yeah. That's food. It's good to see you guys out there, man. Just like the overwhelming majority of protests and rallies in this city. And also this country, it was peaceful, it was well-organized, it was respectful, it was safe, everybody had masks on, everybody was six feet apart, and it was very powerful. Walked up and down Central in silence, everyone came back, had a 8 minute and 46 second moment of silence, followed by some passionate rhetoric by some community leaders. So we need more of that in this city. We need more awareness in this city. Not and just in the city, man, but in this right. whole country. Everywhere. Yeah. In the country, in the world, yep. in the universe. I hope the aliens who are closely monitoring our planet are taking note of our they're like, new they're, attitude of race relations. <laughs> they're like, okay, the first part of this season was kind of rough. Let's see the second <laughs> half. You know, Let's see what the writers got in store for us. You know? Is this so. the crescendo? I <laughs> I could not tell you, but 
Um, first, I do want to put out like it's I. It's only been thirty minutes, but I feel like we've been here longer. It's only been that short span of time. This yeah. Is, uh, it takes forever and it flies by at the same time. Right. Just like living in 2020, like the coronavirus yeah, and we're here, overwhelming but... news. Like you never know what day it is, but mm. you know it's next week already. Right. It's just like, oh, I got paid again. That's cool. But wait, what happened again? You know, so like every I've been putting up those memes and whatnot, like with the Hornets and the whole uh, like the, the murder Hornets. Yeah. The murder. Yeah. Murder Shyamalan Hornets. twist. Mm. Murder Hornets are back. Yeah. New sighting last week. Oh. Do a back I'm excited for this. Near you. I'm excited for this next episode those? of Black Mirror. Have you seen their stingers? Yeah, they're gnarly. It's like what you see. You on... seen the the YouTube video of the guy who stung himself, Vital? Oh. oh my God, you got to see that. It's it hurts to watch. That's rough. Like I was making a joke about how there was gonna be a meteor crashing down in July, <laughs> but then. A couple of days later, one of my friends posted about how there was supposed to be some asteroid. There's asteroid. literally an asteroid coming. Yeah, 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 literally. And I was like, I was oh, joking, guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't call me Matt Groening from The Simpsons. Yeah. I'm not trying to predict anything. Uh-huh. I'm not to, but I'm just like, yeah, just just go ahead and do it. Yeah, Apoc- so, Apocalypse Bingo is pretty fun. I know, right? I'm yeah. Like, did you <sighs> did you have murder hornets coming back on your Apocalypse I Bingo? Did not. Yeah. I did not. Did you oh. did you have did you have the president? Calling a 75-year-old man an Antifa terrorist oh, on your apocalypse bingo. Shut old man down, man. <laughs> okay. So, so this 75-year-old man is the villain in a Bond movie now. Thanks, uh, thanks, President. Anyways, enough of that. Speaking of awareness and pulse of the nation, NASCAR. Mm-hmm. NASCAR came Death out and did a thing. Own. Man. NASCAR bans the confederate flag and the funny thing for me is that that sport is 90 like pretty much over 90 percent white and they were like you know what this ain't a good idea and then they took it off just like that so i was like well you know what at least they realized it was not a great thing you know so now it may tie into something a little bit later but it's like a lot of a lot of stuff is going on right now. A lot of people don't realize it's like it's years and years of just, especially for a black person, getting this thrown in our face. You know, like the statues and like the flag and whatnot. Some people say that this flag represents like you know just what happened back then. But a lot of people like it's, myself, it's heritage, not height, royal. Yeah, it's like it's it, it meant it meant more, right? You know, like it. It was about oppression, you know. They, that's what they wanted to do. Like we were talking about before, the Confederacy, you know, they had had slavery. You know, yeah. they were for slavery. They were for oppressing a set amount. They were oppressing a certain persons, or you know, to be able to do what they wanted to uh, be able to do what they wanted to do. So they didn't have to do it, you know. And so. and, I, and I think like most people, when they know that and they see that flag, they're they're gonna always associate that mm-hmm. with that, even though. A lot of people that were that still raise it, even still are raising it at home. Right. There's southern states, country, you know, around the country, there are people still raising that flag. But for that, some of them claim, well, we're not raising it for that. We're raising it for mm-hmm. other stuff. We're raising it for history. But but you but you but still from the outside, you can't. Most people can't help but think of all of the evil stuff, right? And yeah. Slavery and the oppression and and whatnot. Because like to me. If you're raising the Confederate flag, that is almost like raising a flag of like Hitler right. or something like that. Everyone knows all the evil things Hitler did. Yeah, you don't think of 
anything else that Hitler did besides that. Yeah. Even though before he was doing all that stuff. Something, something, yeah. something, Hitler loved Germany. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like... Something, something, you something, can't, Hitler can't, was an awesome painter. Exactly. Something, like, something, something, Hitler was really nice to dogs. Yeah, like you can't, yeah. you can't have one thing and not include everything right right that they're associated with it's like, yeah, that's not just the flag of the confederacy it's also the flag they flew at lynchings it's the mm. flag they flew at cross burnings it's 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 more tied to those cultural things and i think that's why it needs to be eliminated not because of the confederacy and, and, well, and to you Ro, isn't it like gosh from the first thing you said about it to me you've got the right attitude about it mm. you know you, you're seeing the good in them taking it away, but how much of you feels like, why did it take this long? Well, first of all, I'm not gonna lie. Being a black dude, I'm, I've always been like, I'm not gonna really watch NASCAR, so it's not one of those things that I, <laughs> I'm not saying I didn't care about. But it's like, all right, well, I mean, that's a more predominantly white sport. But the fact of the matter is, yeah, it first it frustrates me like even more now, just because it's like, okay. Even though I'll, you didn't have like a lot of black participants, you know, there's maybe like a good five to ten percent of them that are black. You know, you still had those individuals performing in your sport, and you didn't have the foresight foresight to be like, oh, maybe this will offend them. Maybe this would uh, like, if anything, mess up their performance because they know for a fact they have some symbol just being waved around in their face the whole time they're trying to perform well. You know, so like in NASCAR, it's supposed to be, uh, if anything, I would say all sports. You know, it's supposed to be on an even playing field. You know, you shouldn't have to have any like numerous distractions, like outside distractions, to where that you can perform at your best. Especially NASCAR. We were joking about this before uh, with the gentleman we're about to talk about. Like, I mean, if you can't drive a NASCAR, you know, you shouldn't be driving at all. You know, <laughs> so, I mean, granted, yeah, if you can't play basketball, you can't, shouldn't be play, playing basketball at all. But driving, that is a necessity. So it's like, but once again, just being able to focus and just knowing for a fact, like, there's that negativity still out there, you know. Mm -hmm. It's frustrating. Um, I'm glad they took it down. I, like you're saying, I wish they would have took it down sooner. I wish they would even have it up in the first place. But once again, it's culture. Like, it's if anything, it's a culture change. You, we're seeing it, like, every day. You know, people are, if anything, are just realizing, wow, this is what's going on. Maybe we should do something about it. Yeah, so. there's been this blurry line for way too long. A gray area. Of, of gray area of... People being allowed to do certain things, mm -hmm. and now the last few weeks, month now, that that line is being exposed yep. for for the things that are wrong in the gray area. I feel I feel like little by little, right, the things in the gray area that shouldn't even be in there are now ticking out. So that's oh. a positive part of it. It's one of those you can you have to crawl before you can walk before you run type of deals. Like change, change, it does not come overnight. Like the like the famous quote. Rome wants it built in a day, you know? Sure. Um, it takes years. It takes people. It takes energy. It takes effort to be able to make those changes. And honestly, I'm glad that changes are coming. I'm just upset about how we got to the, that crisis or whatnot, to where that mindset had to be changed. So that's, that's how I feel about it. So. In its statement, NASCAR wrote, the presence of the Confederate flag at NASCAR events runs contrary to our commitment to providing a welcoming and inclusive environment for all our fans, 
our competitors, and our industry. Bringing people together around a love for racing and a community it creates is what makes fans and sports special. The display of the Confederate flag will be prohibited from all NASCAR events and properties. So they're not gonna they're not gonna fly it at the events anymore. Ooh. Well, what about them campouts? Ooh, about- the, with the Mountain Dew, baby. What yeah, <laughs> give me some of that. Hey, hey, watch out! I love Mountain Dew. <laughs> I was I, I like Hey, it. more NASCAR and a driver made a public statement when we come back. You're listening to Dave and Buster's presents ABQ Central, live from the ABQ Act Studio, powered by New Mexico Pinon on 95.9 FM and AM 610 the Sports Animal. Good morning and welcome back. You're listening to Dave and Buster's presents ABQ Central, live from the ABQ Act Studio, powered by New Mexico Pinon. Wait, wait, wait. Was that Blues Traveler? I believe that was. Was that Blues Traveler, Vital? Uh, oh. Jim Blossom. Oh, Jim oh, Broslin. Oh, 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 man. I don't, I don't pick the music I used to because I used to be a club DJ in Chicago mm-hmm. with a hot mix. I used to do hot mixes, uh, Royal, oh. for uh, WGCI, the Urban Station, and WBMX out of Oak Park, Chicago. I was the only white guy who did the hot mixes on the weekends. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I see you. So we're discussing NASCAR taking down the Confederate flags from all their events in last segment. And we would be remiss not to mention people who are upset by that. And one person who is upset by that is NASCAR Truck Series driver Ray Cicerelli. Ray Cicerelli. First of all, this dude is 50 years old. (laughs) 50 years old just driving cars. I kind of assumed... He was much younger. I kind of assumed, yeah, mm-hmm. but I don't know why. Well, it yeah, makes I, no sense that a fifty-year-old, yeah, I, would, I would have an issue with it. Then I a would be more 20, apt to believe that someone fifty or older would be against but, this. But then, when I thought of it's, it's a actual driver. I didn't know there were fifty-year-old drivers. Well, I mean, going from it's a complete opposite of what we were talking about before. Like you know, with golf and um, NBA, it's like it's a real. Like physical, um, physical challenging sport, you know. Now NASCAR, yes. I mean, you're driving around for long periods of time. Like, if anything, like an hour. Like those uh, whole meets are like an hour, hour and a half to two hours or what? Tr- the truck series? Uh, yeah, the um, yeah, the races or whatnot. Are they? They're normally like an hour and a half. I don't know the times. Once again, I'm, I think it's I actually longer. I think it's like four or five hours yeah. or something like that. But still. Yeah, so they still have to get, they still at least for one to two of those hours, they have to drive those two hours in a car. So, I mean, yeah, they would probably get apathy, <laughs> but at the same time, it's just like, okay, it's not as strenuous as like, okay, I have to run to shoot this ball in this <laughs> yeah. hoop or, you know, like I'm walking all these distances for golf, you know, so – yeah, but then, like y'all were saying, um, he seemed a little bit younger. Yeah, because I could understand that now because if he was older, he'd be like Raymond Cicerelli, you know? So he would use his full name instead of just like, oh, I'm older now. I have to use Raymond, you know? So that's probably what his name is. Matter of fact, let's Wikipedia that. Ray, Ray Cicerelli quits NASCAR Truck Series because they don't get to put up his widow flag. Ooh. You know, I, I saw... I saw some red flags as soon as I first read this story because his name is Ray Cicerelli. You saw some there's, red flags. There's <laughs> Ray. Ah, I, I told you. I told you. Broom, that did not. That was not part of the bit. <laughs> it is racist in his name. 
Ray Cicerelli. Ray Cicerelli. Mm-hmm. Ray C- wow. Yeah, not a not a hard T. That's a but big coincidence. Ray Cicerelli. Big coincidence. Mm-hmm. So in his initial statement, he was upset that NASCAR was taking away the freedom of fans being able to show whatever flags they want. Right. Now, since then, he has tried to clarify that he doesn't ne- he himself does not uh raise the flag himself or has any feelings towards that flag. It's his, all of his feelings are that he doesn't like that freedom is being taken away from fans. But that's like saying uh, you know, oh. but still, I that doesn't make a difference to me. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, because that's like saying, you know, yeah. oh well, those people raise KKK flags, right? And the Nazi flags. I don't agree with them. Yeah, but they should be able to to raise it if they want to. Right. I'm that's, just gonna I'm just gonna go to a NASCAR event with a giant flag with a vagina on it. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. man, really? You not, can't not, see that, Ray? Really? R- reminding people of You can't see what's wrong with that? Reminding people of lynchings and cross burnings isn't a first amendment issue. Like get over yourself. Yeah. Grow up. This, what's so crazy about it is that he is upset that freedoms are getting taken away right. over a flag that pretty much meant slavery. Sure. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. like, and I, I don't see what the big deal is because the Confed- they still fly the Confederate flag on the last lap of every NASCAR race mm-hmm. when they wave the white flag, there you letting go. you know it's yeah, the last yeah, race. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Touche. Yep. And he sprinkled it in there. You know, he just <laughs> tossed it in there. But, yeah, that that is true. I mean – it's so it's so weird that for, I, we're gonna talk about the zoo's record in a second, but like this dude's pretty much been racing for four years, right? He's been racing for four years, and now if he's racing for like five, ten, twenty, uh-huh. like you know, had some standing with the actual NASCAR community, someone to where it's like I would know who he was, even if I didn't know NASCAR. Like right. I know Dale Earnhardt Jr., uh, Jeff Gordon. You know, I know those names because they made their names in NASCAR. Right. We had to Google his name. Right. NASCAR had to Google him. Exactly. They, his own people don't know who he like, is. Like, who? Who that? <laughs> Ray what? Or what? Ray what? Ray what? He's the um. Who's the dude from Office Space uh, with the stapler? Uh, <laughs> oh, Dilbert. Uh, uh, not uh, not Dilbert. Uh, was it Milton? Milton. Milton of NASCAR. Yeah, because they didn't even know that he was working there. There was like, uh, yeah. work, he's working, he's working. Oh, that's really he's, good. He's, yeah. This guy's racing in a closet. Uh, yeah, he's a closet racist. <laughs> Down, wow. So, yeah. yeah, so he was 51 out of 53 NASCAR Truck Series drivers. 51st. Oh. He's been racing for four-plus years, never won a race. He is O and, I believe, 38. See, now I liking this to this whole situation uh, to uh, almost to the Drew Brees statement about the flag because, because it, he's so tone-deaf, mm-hmm. right? So, so missing the point. Uh, but this guy is still, you know, we're still talking about him. Days almost a week later now, right? Because of what he said, whereas Drew, the Drew Brees thing, he's what he said was super tone deaf. But we were also surprised because of who Drew Brees is. Exactly, right? Like so well known, so woven into that New Orleans mm-hmm. community, and really the NFL community could run for before this could have run for president of the association of Players Association, you know, stuff like that. And then, and uh, yeah, 
the crazy thing about that is like if you look at the New Orleans Saints team, what is it comprised mainly of? Sure, black players. Well, everything, everything. Yeah, so like you really gonna say that about the people who are gonna be defending you or were defending you mm-hmm. if, the, if the season ever comes back? Like when in a game, that's how you're gonna get those concussions, dude. Like I'm sorry, this is what it is. Like they're gonna see like, oh, you don't care about us. Well, sorry, just. Pull to the left when you sort of pull to the right. Can you imagine if he had said this like during training camp? Oh, you know, right or right during oh. the season. Well, I mean, Drew Drew Brees is a really good example of this being a teachable moment, right, for America and the world. Because I mean, the first round of the the Kaepernick kneeling stuff, he came out and said he's not going to disrespect his grandfathers who both served in the military, mm-hmm. and he really had it tied to disrespecting the flag yeah so he made a concession the first go-round where he kneeled before the anthem with his players and then stood for the anthem Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i think that's a decent concession but then this next round currently what's going on here you know after brianna taylor george floyd etc etc he came out and made the same statement Mm -hmm. and then his teammates had a very coachable moment with him and he came back and said he was wrong and you got to have respect for a guy who admits he was wrong, especially with like such a huge public platform like him. Right. That's big, and I think people should take Drew Brees' example. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much cognitive dissonance in the world right now that people are so tied into being correct, so right. tied in their team winning, mm-hmm. no one is able to hear information that's contrary to what they want to hear. Right. So no one can change their mind. Mm-hmm. No one can respect a teachable moment. So people need... To have people like Drew Brees make a statement and say, you know what? I was wrong. Yep. I listen to people of color. I listen to my teammates. I got. I understand the pulse of what's going on in the world, and I change my opinion. We should take that as an example instead of vilifying him. 100%. I think this is a good thing. I mean, I, and honestly, if that's the worst thing that he did. Sure. Like, <laughs> I put it to like this. Yeah, it's. Gets a it's pass a, a little bit. It's, um. I don't want. Sort I don't want to say a pass. Qu- Quasi pass. It's like one of those like we're not, we're not gonna truly for, we're not gonna truly forget this, but at the same time we know he has it was time to bad. redeem himself, right? Because it wasn't like all of all the stuff that's happening right now, you know. And we're like, come on, Drew, come on, Drew. And so he was like, you know what? You're right. I apologize. So. Are we going to let him off on this? <laughs> not, like not, not anytime soon. Not anytime no. soon, no. But yeah. it's still just a fact of like, okay, um, the man, he did say something. Like what you were saying, tone deaf. He didn't really know what he was saying. Like, you know, and then he realized what he was saying. And he just tried. Like, yeah, he backpedaled. But at the same time, he realized what he was saying. And on the con- and on the flip side, this Ray Cicerelli, not going to have time to redeem himself. He's, mm, he's no. He's yeah, because yeah, he, yeah. he said he retired. Well, let's let's see if he has a teachable moment. Even maybe, if he wants to come back, I'm saying he's maybe not he back. can talk no. to the only black driver in NASCAR, Bubba Wallace, who I had to Google him to make sure he was black. I was like, why is a guy named Bubba doing? Like, oh, okay, cool. Okay, he's also black. That makes more sense. <laughs> right. Maybe Ray Cicerelli can have a have a little talkable moment, teachable moment with uh, Bubba Watson, hmm. change his mind like Drew Brees, and come out and be an example for the country. That'd be dope. You're listening to 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. It's Saturday. It's 7.30.
11 a.m. This is ABQ Central with your hosts, Fred Slow and Van Nunley. All right, all right, all right, fire them up! It starts right now on The Sports Animal. Good morning and welcome back. You're listening to Dave and Buster's Presents ABQ Central. Live from the ABQ Act studio, powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee. One hour in the books, one hour to go. You are listening to a Fredless episode. Fred is in Florida, allegedly, at a wedding, allegedly. He's on Florida Avenue here. With his best friend (laughs) that I'm jealous of. Best man at a wedding right now, allegedly. I didn't know he was the best man. That's cool. So, hashtag free Fred, hashtag two-week quarantine when you get home. <laughs> Them hashtag 14 days. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I want to send a shout-out to our friends, uh, New Mexico Pinon. They help sponsor a local community segment where every week we highlight a local business, a local artist, a local nonprofit, a local charity, a local event. And in the spirit of that segment... With what's going on in the world today, in our city, in our country, in the world, after the unfortunate deaths slash murders, um, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, etc., etc., the list goes on, we wanted to invite local people of color onto the show to talk about their experiences and give a little perspective of what's going on in the city and the country and the world. And this morning, we have one of my favorite people, used to work together, do some uh, good stuff for the community together. We have Melvin Parker, retired lieutenant paramedic and firefighter and co-owner of Onyx Supported Living. Good morning, Melvin. How you doing? Good morning. Morning. How are you guys doing this morning? How you doing? Doing sir? good, man. Good. good. Here with Brandon and Royal. Good you... morning, Brandon. Good morning, Royal. Thanks for coming, uh, bud. Thanks. Thanks for being on. So you've been, you. Melvin, you've been in Albuquerque for quite some time now. You're a pillar of the community, a uh, business owner of a very successful, supportive living place who helps out people with developmental disabilities and mental illness. But you're not originally from here, Melvin. You're from North Carolina. And uh, during our pre-interview, you're talking about you faced some challenges as a young man in North Carolina. You want to run us through that a little bit? Absolutely. Uh, basically, kind of grew up in North Carolina. Uh, spent a lot of my child, childhood years there. Uh, and from there, uh, the environment that I kind of was brought up in uh, was surrounded with uh, drugs and uh, other types of activities uh, that definitely uh, no young man or young woman should be exposed to. Um, but that was our family di- dynamics, our family dynamics at the time, and uh, from that point, we we tried to uh, make the best of it. And so, yeah, you uh, you mentioned you are you're from a military family, and I know you know service and loyalty and discipline and education are all very important facets of that. Can you attribute some of um, you getting out of that um, situation in North Carolina? Could you attribute some of that to uh, your military upbringing, your uh, education? Absolutely. Uh, to give you a brief uh, brief idea, um, the opportunity, uh, the educational opportunity that I got from actually leaving uh, that arena or that area uh, was was uh, it's, it's unmatched. Uh, if if I didn't get that opportunity, um, 
educationally, I think I would have fell into the same old trap that each individual that's from that area falls into. Uh, so highlighting today's events, uh, one of the biggest issues that I see um, is the, equal, the, the equality of education across the board. Um, the environment that I was in, I didn't have the opportunity, the same opportunities uh, or the same type of education um, presented to me at that time. And if I would have stayed in that environment, I believe I would have probably fell into the same uh, cycle as everyone else. Uh, so I'm grateful. I'm grateful. And, and it, it showed me as a young man the importance of education for all uh, uh, all individuals, all kids um, and all ages uh, and how it helped me to get to this point in my life. Yeah, absolutely. That's um, equality of education is uh, something I'm really passionate about. My mother was an educator and, you know, a lot of people in my family were educators and a lot of people n might not know, I mean, New Mexico does a really good job of this and doesn't directly tie all of their funding into this. But a big problem with our education system across the country, and it's, it's really bad in the South and it's really bad in large urban areas, but funding for schools are, ed are tied to your um, housing taxes. Your, um, um, what's, what's the word I'm looking for here? I'm, I'm going property blank. taxes. Yeah, your, your property taxes. And a lot of people don't know that the funding for schools comes from property taxes, and we don't have a real equality of education that, that you were talking about. Uh, so I think another problem that we have is, and we, again, we were talking about this earlier, is you know, people don't really get access to people that are different from them. A lot of people in this country stay within their tribe. They don't get to meet people who are different from them. And I think you know, the Internet age and technology it's kind of breaking apart this segregation or separation of cultures. I know you were talking to me about, you know, learning about other people and meeting other people is very important. You want to go on about that, my man? Absolutely. Um, growing up in the environment that I grew up in in North Carolina, the community was predominantly black. Uh, that being the case, it doesn't prepare you for what the world is truly about. Um, there are uh, diverse individuals uh, that communities never get exposed to because they stay in their communities. And as a young man uh, traveling or a young man trying to further himself in his career, uh, not being able to be exposed to different cultures uh, really hampers you. It hampers you in your education, uh, your interactions, um, and can affect things like job interviews. Uh, because if you don't have that experience of of meeting or talking with other diverse cultures, um, you, the, the interaction can definitely be inappropriate uh, across the board. Uh, it could cost you job opportunities, educational opportunities, friendships, uh, relationships that are created over the course of time. And so as a, as a young man or a young woman, those opportunities are extremely important. Uh, cultural sensitivity is extremely important. Uh, and, it's, and we're seeing it today um, across all barriers, all lines. Uh, and some of the racism is just the lack of education that we are seeing today. And trust me, Melvin, I understand that um, I'm prior military myself. So uh, I'm originally from Monroe, Michigan, um, predominantly white uh, neighborhood. And then I move out here to um, Albuquerque, New Mexico, mind you. Uh, I don't want to say I was sheltered, but that was pretty much all I saw for like 18 years. And then I see whites and blacks and natives and Asians and Hispanics and 
like being able just to be around a different sets of people really broadened my horizons, really opened up my eyes to where like there's different ideas and different opinions. So I understand that. Absolutely. Um, and it, it becomes a culture shock uh, for individuals that have never been exposed to that. Uh, and so if we're if we continually remain one sided or one minded in our approach, uh, we will never progress um, as a people. Uh, and so I'm, I'm a firm believer in in uh, the educational opportunities of of meeting other individuals, uh, talking about culture, uh, having that diversity in the workplace. Uh, that educational op- opportunity in college is so huge because that's how we grow as individuals across the board. We got Melvin Parker from Onyx Living on ABQ Central. Melvin, this is Brandon here, uh, having a lot of fun hearing uh, where you came from and and uh, you know everything you've learned over the years. When did you make your way to Albuquerque, and what's it been like having a business in Albuquerque and uh, you know getting yourself into this community over the years? <laughs> I came to Albuquerque as a freshman in high school, so I don't want to date myself. <laughs> yeah, you don't. You don't have to. Uh, we didn't. We didn't look up ages over here, so you good. No judgment. <laughs> but for me, it was a little bit of a culture shock. Uh, as as I came here, um, I didn't see a lot of individuals like me, and so when I went to school uh, and I interacted with the Hispanic Latino culture. Uh, the Indian culture, the Asian culture that was here, uh, that was the predominant, um, those were the predominant cultures, white cultures here. Uh, and so it really was a culture shock. And trying to break into um, a community that you haven't been involved with, it, it, be, it was tough. It, um, creating relationships and friendships, it forces you to get out of your shell uh, and learn and ask questions. Um, as I've been here over the course of time, uh, Obviously, being a part of the community uh, by joining the Albuquerque Fire Department, uh, I was able to broaden my horizons, uh, create long-lasting relationships. Uh, but if that opportunity was never presented to me, um, I'm not sure where I would be. Um, and so as a business owner, I continually try to advocate uh, interaction, uh, diversity, uh that way we can all be successful. We can all understand. We can all progress. Uh, if we don't continually uh, advocate for that as a community, uh, I think we're taking steps backwards. Um, so that, that's been our goal and our, 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 um, our mission across the board. Uh, support those that need support uh, and make sure we educate along the way. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that, Melvin, uh, people who need support. In our day job, we're helpers, and uh, I know we, as a show, ABQ Central, we like going out in the community and helping people, and that's what you do from your 9 to 5 at Onyx Supportive Living. You um, house and provide for and help give access to the community, people with developmental disabilities and uh, mental illness. Would you like to talk about the inclusion in the community for 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 this population? Absolutely. Um, the population that we really support are those with intellectual development and disabilities. Um, and what we try to do is have a person-centered approach, uh, making sure that they're trying to or have the ability to live life like you or I live. Uh, a lot of times we take things for granted uh, as we get up and we take our showers and have our normal routines of getting coffee or breakfast. Uh, these individuals uh, don't have that same opportunity, and that's what we're trying to provide. 
Uh, we try to make sure that they're able to live life like everyone else, get them involved in the community, have them have working jobs, have meaningful uh, access to things that the normal individual would have access to. Uh, and so it gives, uh, gives me and, and our group a, a lot of satisfaction to see these individuals smile, grow, uh, share, have the ability to love, care for other individuals uh, that we generally take for granted. Um, so it's, it's been a journey, uh, and we will continue our journey and continue to advocate for those that sometimes don't have a voice. And so that's what we do on a daily basis, uh, bringing the community together, supporting each other, uh, making sure those with intellectual and developmental disabilities have the same opportunities in, uh, across the board at every, as everyone else does. Awesome. Awesome. Really, really excited, really proud for what you do for the community, Melvin. And uh, just want to say thank you for, for being a paramedic and a firefighter and serving your community. And thank you for what you're doing now with Onyx. Uh, so that would be OSLLC.com, Onyx Supportive Living. If you have any questions about what they do or what they can provide for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, all the information is at their website. Melvin, thank you so much for showing up and uh, sharing your story with us. Yeah, thanks, Melvin. I appreciate you guys having me. Pleasure having you, Melvin. Thank you. Melvin Parker, thank you. retired paramedic and firefighter and co-owner of Onyx Supported Living. When we come back, we got Holman Williams, better known DJ to the community. DJ 12 Tribe. That's I've been right. waiting for this. DJ 12 <laughs> Tribe coming up in the next segment. You're listening to ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Good morning and welcome back. You're listening to Dave and Buster's Presents ABQ Central live from the ABQ Act studio powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee. On the phone line with us, friend of the show, friend in real life, awesome dude, Holman Williams. You may know him better as DJ 12 Tribe. My man, how you doing today? I'm pretty good. Um, I want to thank you off the bat for the introduction. It makes me feel good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holman Williams, you might know him better as DJ 12 Tribe, social worker during the day, DJ at night entrepreneur man about town how you doing holman i'm good i'm good how are you guys doing not bad man thanks for joining us this having this having no a problem. field day man oh um look before anything else i gotta i gotta bring this up every time i saw dj 12 tribe i used to give him the most messed up name ever i'd be like oh it's dj 24 divided by two group of people <laughs> um but um one of the hottest DJs in Albuquerque. No, I take that back. New Mexico. Um, when I was a younger, was a younger dude. I remember DJ Twelve Tribe used to spin over at Sauce and Raw, and um, I was working as, as a bouncer over there around like two thousand and like seven, two thousand eight. Um, so the thing about Twelve Tribe, and I knew, I knew this moment because every time around like one o'clock, twelve thirty, Twelve used to play reggae music. And that was the unknown cue to get those numbers. You had this span of time <laughs> to get numbers. So you knew it though, right? You knew it. You Man. and that's what people love. Like you know, every time um, when I was working over at Sauce and Raw, everybody would just try to pack on in there because they knew you were spinning up top. And then when one o'clock hit, everybody was just getting down to you had some Bob Marley playing. You had all the cuts playing. So I will always remember those times, dude. 
I, I'm glad. I'm glad um, I showed you a good time. I appreciate that, Ma. Yeah. I'm not hearing enough reggae in Albuquerque now that I think about it. So we need we need to get Twelve Tribe. Hey, you gotta go see here, Twelve man. then. Yeah, we, I gotta get out there. Aren't you also in uh, Santa Fe too? Um, yeah. Um, I mean, pre-COVID, I yeah. was a resident on Friday at Buffalo Thunder, which is uh, northern New Mexico's a trip. Just let me say, but it's some <laughs> great people up there, um, and I receive a lot of love. Dope, dope. So, Holman, you've uh, had a really interesting life, really interesting career arc. I remember you t- you telling me, like, we sitting around talking one day, you telling me about all the crazy jobs. You've been like a, a deep-sea fisherman. What? You're like, <laughs> you've wow. Done- I didn't oh, know yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before it was um, popular on TV, <laughs> yeah, I did like maybe six months in the Bering Sea on um, an industrial fishing boat. That was the experience. To say the least. Yeah, man. Um, you know, I, I briefly talked about this on our little pre-interview, but you know, here at ABQ Central, we want to to highlight what's going on in the community, city, world, et cetera, et cetera, and we want to get the pulse of what's going on in Albuquerque. So, you being a person of color, what are you seeing going on right now? Um, right now, I'm just seeing the America that I know being exposed due to um, the way information is transferred rapidly now. So it's just like things that I knew was going on in my community all my life are just being caught on tape and they're going viral. You know, um, I know you're referring to like George Floyd, um, the protests, um, and it's just really, you know, it's no surprise to me at all. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, I grew up in um, L.A., North Carolina, and Silver Spring, Maryland, and which is right outside of D.C. And, you know, by the time we were like 15, 16, harassment by the police was a real thing, whether you were in the right or the wrong. My main thing, uh, like especially what you're talking about, is like going back all the way to like the Rodney King meetings and stuff like that. Like that was one of the first, like if anything, televised or videotaped instances right. where people had video proof. Mm-hmm. Right. And so even before then, it was just pretty much word of mouth. You know, we really didn't have a way to be like, this is happening. You know, this is happening in the world. And I'm not saying that people were just like, ah, nah. But it was just. It was harder to be able to say, hey, look at this, you know, if we didn't have the way to look at that. But now since we have, like, cell phones and stuff like that, we're able to be like, hey, this is what's going on, you know, like with live feeds on Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. Yeah, and the thing about it that's really unfortunate is that for black people, it's just like you got to have real tangible evidence for people to believe you because, Mm -hmm. like, we've known – this is going on in our communities for um, generations, you know, and but now it's undeniable because of, you know, people streaming and catching it on tape. But like I said before, it's unfortunate how to what extent black people have to go to to prove that, yeah, this is really happening. Yeah, thanks for that, Holman. You know, this is this has been a problem that's been going on for decades, if not hundreds of years. But you know, police brutality is in the forefront again. 
it's in the news again, and there are protests, and sometimes they turn into riots and rallies, and sometimes they get violent. Um, I know there's a lot of agitators out there, and I've been to multiple protests in Albuquerque so far, and they have all been peaceful. So, I mean, with that being said, I mean, does anything feel different this time? Not the way, you know, George Floyd took a knee to the neck. Not in the way that Breonna Taylor was taken unfairly, murdered in her own home. Mm -hmm. But what I'm talking about, things that are different, is the vibe of this time, the momentum for change. Does anything feel different this time? Um, oh man, like, yes and no. Like, it feels a little different because you see protests all over the world. But then at the same time, it's like, okay, there's going to be this big shakeup. But then when things calm down, will it be business as usual? Or will there be real reform? That's always been my, like, back in the head fear just it's like okay we do all this and then what happens if nothing happens we just go back to normal you know that's always been a big fear of mine and i mean the thing about it that feels different now i'm glad you mentioned agitators because um when there was destruction in albuquerque if you talk to the some some of the business owners who were actually in their shops, they I've talked to them and they said, hey, the protesters went by and the agitators came behind them and um, started breaking stuff. So, um, you know, my family was involved in the civil rights movement and agitators and saboteurs were um, there back in the days of my grandfather, but now you're seeing them on tape you know, like people who actually aren't part of the movement causing trouble, trying to sabotage the um, peaceful protests. So that right there, um, to me, is pretty big. We've got DJ 12 Tribe, Mr. Holman Williams, joining us on ABQ Central. Holman, Brandon Ortega here. Uh, man, it's, 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 it's always it's – a, it's a lot of fun, and it's a lot of uh, – Man, it's just I just enjoy the conversations we're having nowadays, especially with you right now. You know, I'd like to ask you on a sports show here. We keep talking about man, we love we we can't wait to get sports back to unite people. I can't wait to get music back, live music back to unite people. How much are you looking forward to getting back in the DJ booth, bringing live music, especially in this time where we got a pandemic, we have all these protests going on right now, where unity we need more than ever. How much are you looking forward to getting those days back, we, even though we don't know when they're going to be back? I'm, I'm looking forward to them a whole lot, but just like you said, we don't know when they're going to come back, you know? So, I mean, I'm hoping that eventually this will subside and, like, people can dance together and go out and have a good time, you know? Definitely. But when that happens, we don't know. It's kind of like, will we dance again? Oh, I feel you there, Holman. Um, I'm glad Brandon brought up music because um, one of the things that me and you bonded with really early in our friendship is our love for hip-hop and old-school hip-hop. And as basically the whitest white kid of all time, yeah. I think my connection to black culture and the black experience was the lyrics of hip-hop. 
can you really speak on like how hip hop can unite us and how music can unite us and teach us lessons about what's going on right now? Well, I mean, if you talk about old school hip hop, particularly, it gave white kids in the suburbs um, an opportunity to hear our stories, come to our neighborhoods from the comfort of their room, which, you know, um, kind of opens not necessarily a dialogue, but opens the mind for thoughts about how other people live. And it, it, does, it definitely creates an understanding. I can understand that just also. Um, and in another, and then like the same, at the same time, um, being able uh, to tell our stories to the world, you know, um, in a way that we may only know how, you know, if the only, if the best way is do like written, written song or like rap or whatnot, we were able to put that out there. So, I mean, definitely like with NWA, you know, so. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, current hip-hop doesn't really have the storytellers that old-school hip-hop has, Mm -hmm. but I think, you know, those storytellers um, were really important, you know, because, like, you you just got the whole story from, you know, um, the beginning to the climax to the end, and it it was kind of like almost like... You know, if you really sit down and listen to Children's Story by um, Slick Rick, it's kind of like surreal if you put it into a certain perspective. Yeah, I agree completely, man. We need we need more no, more Kendricks. We need more Killer Mikes. We need more Immortal Techniques out here talking about the uh, what's really going on. So Holman is definitely along with being a social worker and a successful DJ here in Albuquerque and surrounding areas. You're also an entrepreneur. And you have some hemp. Yes, you have some hemp and CBD products. You want to tell us about that? Okay. Well, um, I have a company that's in its um, initial phases. It's called Cannabis Twelve um, Cannabis Grown in the Sandia Mountains. Water, sun, um, natural for- fertilizers, no chemical pesticides, and um, we just. Um, rolled out our first product. It's an orange vanilla spliff. Um, throughout the summer and the fall, we're going to be moving on to edible products, topical oils, um, and the whole real um, spectrum of CBD sales. Uh, really? And you can find you can find um, the orange vanilla spliffs at your um, convenience stores in the Northeast Heights right now. And let's say they wanted to get a hold of you if they had any questions about mail orders. How would they get a hold of you, Holman? Um, they would just email me at dj12tribe at gmail.com, or they could connect with my Facebook. That's Holman Williams on Facebook, and then dj12tribe on Instagram. And, you know, um, in a couple of months, our website will be up and functional, and you should just be able to search Canna, C-A-N-N-A-B-I, 12, Canna by 12, and be there for whatever you need. And one of the things about Canna by 12 is that I figured out that um, I could help people, I could help local farmers, and at the same time, make money for myself 
and not charge people big pharma prices. And that's really the mission right there, even though it doesn't sound like a formal mission statement. <laughs> uh, you, you would be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Holman Williams, better known as DJ 12 Tribe. Thanks for coming on with us today, and thanks for sharing your story, Holman. You underground. Hey, thanks for having me. This dude was underground water, like fishing. He was like, <laughs> that's pretty much what you was doing. You was wilding. No, I, I was I was seriously in the middle of the Bering Sea about at some at points in time a hundred miles from Russia. Wow. Holman Williams, everybody, DJ twelve tribe, Cannabi twelve. We'll have you back on when you got your website up and running and you got more products to share with the community. Thanks for joining oh, yeah, us, Holman. The, the staff there, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> All right, thanks again, Holman. You're listening to ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back. You're listening to Dave and Buster's Presents, ABQ Central, live from the ABQ Act studio, powered by New Mexico Pinon Coffee. With us on the line right now, we have frequent contributor to the show, friend in real life, friend of the show, Savior of Albuquerque, <laughs> Leah Black, New Mexico Brewers Guild. Good morning, morning Leah. Morning, Leah. Good morning, ma'am. Hi. Beer is Hi, back. Oh, big cheers. We are so How? elated uh, this weekend and, you know, as of Thursday to get the news of our breweries being able to tr- start to try to get back into the swing of things safely. Well, you single-handedly fixed the city with no help whatsoever, <laughs> and I, I personally want to send my thanks for everything you've done. She could be the next well, governor in line. I cannot. You're welcome, but I cannot take all the credit. We have an amazing board of directors. We've got two lobbyists. We've been working with the powers that be and the governor. Thank God that she finally agreed to let us prove to the state that we can do this in a really safe way. I mean, we've had 10-plus weeks of prepping for this, so... We are ready, and we are so excited to accept people on our patios this weekend at 50% capacity. And then Monday, across the state, um, it's inside and outside breweries at 50% occupancy. That's so, so exciting. Hey, can we rewind a little bit, Leah? Can you yeah. tell us a little bit about who you are and tell the listener about the New Mexico Brewers Guild? Who are you? What do you I- do? Absolutely. Um, so I've worked in uh, the beer industry about a decade now, and uh I am the executive director of the New Mexico Brewers Guild. I've worked at various breweries um, doing the marketing and social media side, all those things. And then I stepped into this role um, March of 2019. And, um, wow, I'm kind of glad I didn't know what I'd be biting off to get into this job because I probably wouldn't have accepted the job. (laughs) (laughs) But, no, it's been really rewarding and amazing. Um, But it's a lot. And, you know, our breweries – just like any other industry, need good representation. They need good advocacy. They need promotion. They need protection. So that's kind of what I do, all the realms. Um, and also, you know, event planning. Uh, we, we always have events. Now, post-COVID, it's going to be a little different, and we're, we have a lot of meetings scheduled to see how we're going to execute that and change things for the new world order. Um, oh. But, yeah, so the Guild is here to promote and protect New Mexico craft breweries. And we also work very closely with the Brewers Association, which is our national Brewers Association. Leah, Brandon here. Good morning. So, obviously, phase one is here. Everyone's very excited about that. I'm going to get a little greedy, try to look ahead. How <laughs> far along are you guys on trying to get ahead on when the next phase in 
effect, next phase could be getting more people in there, maybe just getting more activities into into these breweries. Well, we know for um, for the foreseeable future that live music is not allowed for the governor's orders. So that is kind of a big deal, as you guys know, in the communities of brewing. We love to support live music, traveling, touring musicians, you know, regional, whatever. Um, so that is something that's not going to be happening for a while. Also, just the simple fact that you um, currently you have to stay under parties of um, you know six people. So that is. That is kind of limiting, but we are just so excited for this first phase. Everybody was, you know, we were chatting yesterday, and everybody was talking about how it felt like the first day of kindergarten because no, no breweries in our state or anywhere really have all opened on the same day. It's such a weird feeling. It's such a weird time. So we want to get through this phase, and then we probably are predicting that it won't be, you know, until at the earliest July or later for, for the next phase. We don't know that, but, you know, we're just – um, hoping for the best, mm-hmm. but expecting the worst. <laughs> so, Leah, first of all, hi. I'm, ho- I'm glad that everything is going well on your side. Now, um, I do have to ask this. Um, you did say live music, but what about live comedy? Because uh, I was going to sneak this in because only I do. One person. There's only one more person in the room. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, because, I mean, you're saying like parties more than six. If I was able to at least get six people at one of my shows. <laughs> I'd be like, yes, let's do this. Let's do this. So, um, well, I think, I mean, I've, I can't, I haven't checked this with the governor, but I think that live comedy would be fine. I mean, it's not live music. I don't mm-hmm. know if she means performances in general on a stage or what. I mean, a lot of these breweries, as you guys know, don't really have stages. So you could stand mm-hmm. in the corner with a PA. Yeah. Which we have and, done numerous yeah. times. Yeah. Bands seen it. <laughs> See? uh, yeah, I've been there. Yeah. We're going to find those loopholes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love it. We got to get on the horn with big MLGs, figure out what's going on. So. Mm-hmm. Do it. That's do right. It. That's right. And we'll start, ABQ Central will start doing some live remotes, too. Maybe we, we could double team it. We can. We I mean, stream it, stream it live, do some comedy. Let's work, baby. Yes. Let's get back, like to, let's get back to business. Mm-hmm. Let's I like see. this. So we're on with Leah Black of the New Mexico Brewers Guild. Leah, I'm kind of a rational reasonable man and i'd say so i thought that we could have done this months ago keep people apart keep people safe sterilize everything it seems reasonable to me what were the biggest hurdles that you guys had to jump through to get this started again i think that um education came into play and we know that um, mlg is a, a supporter of all small businesses and local craft beer especially she's had numerous events at different local breweries. You know, she has, I've seen her on patios in the city here in Albuquerque. Um, But, you know, I know that she's listening to Dr. Scrace and listening to numbers, but I think the biggest education came when we had to kind of like make her aware of how the brewery culture is. And um, though it's not a law, you know, predominantly across the state, a lot of our breweries use the house policy of like three beer limit. Mm -hmm. So that was something that she was intrigued by because we're not letting people just sit down for several hours and just tie one on. You know what I mean? And also the fact that we're very family friendly. And in our conversations, we talked about, um, you know, when that first phase of restaurants were opening. And I know she continually said nothing is fair during the time of a pandemic. And I, and I agree. And I would never want her job. But we did talk about how we were confused, you know, when the restaurants were able to open and you could go get a New Mexico craft beer on a patio and drink that same New Mexico craft beer at a Chili's or an Applebee's, but you couldn't go to the place where it was produced. And that was sad because we are also not only um, 
beer suppliers, but we are manufacturers for the state. Manufacturing is huge in the beer industry, you know, and um, and it goes beyond state lines. So those are all things that we had to have conversations about, and it was really tough. And so I think that she waited for some numbers to come out, and it did help us that um, we're starting to go down a little bit. Now, the biggest thing right now, and that her concern was, um, and, and I'll admit ours too, is changing people's behaviors. Because our staff, you know, like I said, we've been 10 plus weeks at these breweries, training, cleaning. These breweries are cleaner than they've ever been since we've opened. <laughs> um, but now we have to just have help from the crafty beer lovers that um, their loyalty is awesome and we appreciate it. But when they come, you know, they got to wear those masks when they first come in before they sit down, you know, things like that. So MLG was really concerned about changing people's behaviors. So we just ask that everybody just does it in a really responsible way and let's not get those numbers spiking again. Yeah, I couldn't agree anymore. Uh, so I know this has been hard on a lot of local businesses, a lot of the smaller breweries. Um, you know me. I mean, I support all the local breweries. I've been buying growler after growler and four-pack after four-pack throughout this thing. <laughs> old, old Uncle Corvid got me a little soft around the middle drinking all this local beer. But um, Can you speak on like some of the challenges some of the smaller breweries are facing and what they're going to have to do to power through it? Yeah, so the you know when the restaurant uh, order came in that they were able to open some of our smaller breweries, and I'm I'm talking about the ones that don't distribute, they're not on tap anywhere else. It's solely beer that you can get just at their tap room. You know their neighborhood little gathering, community places. Um, it, it, they took a really hard hit, and they saw some of the lowest numbers they've seen in the last ten weeks because. You know, who of us isn't tempted to go sit on a patio? They're like, oh, my gosh, these restaurant patios are open. Let's go, you know. And so they got kind of forgotten in the shuffle of that. So now the biggest concern is just bringing people back. So if there's a neighborhood little brewery um, that you love, just remember to go buy from them directly. And, you know, because a lot of them, they, they don't distribute. We've got some that do. We've got some big guys in the States that you can find them on tap all over the place. But think of the little guys. Um, and speaking of, I have some um, generous gift cards that they've donated to your show to give away Ooh. as well. What do we got gift Ooh. cards from? We've got Sidetrack Brewing, which is located in downtown Albuquerque. And they're one of those ones that we mentioned that is not, they're not distributors. They're just a cute little ma and pop tap room owned by a husband and wife. And um, she also, Ann O'Neill, sits on our board. She's our president of the Brewers Guild. And she's a fan of the show. And she said, I want to donate a uh, gift card to you guys. And then we've also got Canteen Brewhouse. Canteen. Is, uh, yeah, right. there's two locations in Albuquerque, and they're awesome. They're local. They are, you know, small. And um, though they do distribute a little bit regionally, uh, you don't really find them on tap much many other places than, you know, at their spot. All right, how exciting. Loyal listener, we got two gift cards from you, one from Sidetrack, one from Canteen, 505-246. Say what? How how much are the gift cards? Oh, they're each twenty bucks. Twenty bucks a pop. Which is, oh, yeah, which is yeah. well uh, well enough to get you those three pints. Excellent. <laughs> and maybe then some. <laughs> That's a free money right there. Yeah. Thank you so much. Everyone's tolerance gone down a lot, so I think that would cover it. Uh, <laughs> opposite for me. Five zero five two four six zero six ten. Call in for your shot at a twenty dollar sidetrack or canteen gift card. You got. 14 minutes, loyal listener. Get in there. <laughs> and counting. Are we doing caller one, caller two? What are we yeah. doing? Hey, if you want to call and get on the air, too, that's good. I'm yeah. sorry we didn't take any callers today. We've been pretty mm -hmm. busy with our own verbosity and some of the guests we had on today. Leah Black, thank you so much for joining us, and thank you so much you've done for the Albuquerque community and uh, all the local brewers out there.
Thank you, Of Leah. course. And thanks, you guys, for your continued support. We, we know that you support Beyond the Airwaves, and you are frequenters of all these little small breweries, so we really appreciate it. Thank you once again. Thank you, Leah. Thank you so much. Leah Black, New Mexico Brewers Guild. You're listening to ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back, Albuquerque. You are listening to Dave and Buster's Presents ABQ Central live from the ABQ Act studio. Powered by New Mexico Pinon. And you're listening on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The sports animal. So awesome having you guys on today. I'm glad I'm glad you hit me up to be on here, man. Me too, it was, bud. It was a dope show. Dope show. Yeah, great guests. If you're just great guests. Great guests. Great today. topics. If you're just joining us, we have Royal Wood the Third. Local comedian, essential worker. That's me. Funniest guy in the game. Oof. Podcast host, open mic host. Mm-hmm. And then we have free tri- frequent contributor, Brandon Ortega, KOB TV. The best in the biz. Brandon, nice. do you have a podcast? No, but my uh, my Facebook is uh, turning into the Me and Julian show, posting, <laughs> posting videos of my son and I <laughs> playing music. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. We, we, may, just... we may have a podcast coming soon. Oh, cool. <laughs> So in the spirit of NASCAR banning the Confederate flag, oh yeah, I'd like to drop you guys with just a little sprinkle of history. Okay. In 1860, seven states from the previous United States didn't want to be united anymore. South Carolina, Mississippi, Florida, Alabama, Georgia, Louisiana, and Texas said, we ain't having that. We wants some slaves. That's, that's pretty much what they said. And then in 1861, they were joined by Virginia, Arkansas, North Carolina, and Tennessee. And then later joined by Missouri and Kentucky. But Missouri and Kentucky were kind of the Switzerland mm-hmm. of the Civil War. They kind of played both sides. And if you don't know, the Confederacy only lasted... From February 4th, 1861 to May 5th, 1865. That is a span of four years and three months. So that flag has flown for over 150 years since Mm -hmm. that four-year and three-month span. Mm -hmm. Which is crazy. And in the spirit of keeping it light on this show, I would like to name a few things that lasted longer than the Confederacy. Okay, so what's the first one you got? The first thing that lasted longer than the Confederacy, before Justin Timberlake left, the band NSYNC oh. lasted longer than the Confederacy. Oh yeah, that's way that's very easy to believe. They're like mm-hmm. the big one, the one or first or second biggest group in the world. Yep, so, and they yeah. lasted Next longer. To, they had long, like Backstreet Boys, New Kids that, on the Block. Yeah, they had know? long legs yep. for sure. Mm-hmm. Michelangelo painting the Sistine Chapel. Took longer? Took longer than the Confederacy. Oh, that's wow. a good one. Took How long did longer it take? than four years and three months. I don't have a total. Oh, okay. We well, can look it up. I got a, five, I got a, five and a half So years. the first thing I thought of when you said we should do this, I had a sports-related angle to it. Okay. NBA busts. Okay. Something I looked up. Darko Milicic, who famously, the number two pick, was, was drafted before Carmelo Anthony, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade. Notably, one of the biggest busts of all time. His career lasted like ten years. Okay, the Pistons. The biggest bust more, of all time more, lasted more, longer than yeah, the Confederacy. Sorry, that, that, that may hurt. Is that is that is that a is that a tough one to talk about? A, Drafting uh, Darko. Uh, 
Mr. Detroit The fan. best dra- draft class of all time, and you get Darko. You got Darko. <laughs> it hurts a little bit, but at the same time, his, all, all, who, all wounds heal. His, his time in Detroit didn't last as long as the Confederate flag did, but his career in the NBA lasted 10 years, so yeah. that's more than twice as long. So that's kind of crazy, do you think? I got one for y'all. Okay. Um, the show Friends. Um, <laughs> friends, honestly, friends should not have lasted that long. <laughs> I'm with you on that one. Maybe you guys are both not friends fans. No, no. no. I've never been in this no. in the same room as two people. You're that outnumbered. Don't like my friends. Yeah. You're hey, way it's, way it's like one of the most popular TV shows ever. Yeah. Just because it's popular doesn't mean it's good. That's yeah. true. That's yeah. true. Popular things aren't always good. That's speaking true. of TV royal, I got one for you. What's that? The Simpsons have lasted 31 years. Mm-hmm. That would be 7.4 confederacies of length. Yep. Well, <laughs> just, just, to, just, to make that, just to make the Simpsons movie mm-hmm. took longer. Sure. Exactly. <laughs> took over a decade, I believe, yeah, if not, like, if not wait, more. The, you said 31 years? It's been on 31 years. So that's like three decades before they even started thinking, like, oh, we, maybe we should make a movie. You know, <laughs> but, Better um, Call Saul, which is a spinoff. Uh-huh. Of an awesome show uh-huh. has already been going longer. Yeah. Longer than it's like better. five years now, right? Yeah, five seasons. seasons. Oh, five seasons. Yeah, if not more years than that, but yeah, uh-huh. has definitely gone longer. Um, Pokemon, that's been one. Oh, <laughs> that's never gonna go away. Yeah, that's, that's a long gonna, time. Yeah. yeah. So Microsoft's the Zune has lasted longer than the Confederacy. I had one. I had one. You had a Zune. Wait, what is yeah. that? The Zune, the little um, like a. It was like an iPod before iPods were iPods. Yeah, iPod with Android tech. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Failed miserably. Got it. Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston Ooh, lasted longer than the yeah. Confederacy. Now we're getting <laughs> Yeah, spicy. Now we're getting pop culture. How long was that? Uh, that was four and a half years. They beat them. Oh, my God. <laughs> they, beat, close. they beat the Confederacy by two months. Oh. Do you remember the, the Lunch Pail special, The Squeeze It? Oh, now we're getting the little yeah. uh, plastic container. It had like super sugary Kool Aid in it. Right. You, okay. you break the top off. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. There's variations yeah. of that still around, but that's not around anymore. The squeeze it lasted longer than the Confederacy. And how long is that? That would be five years. Wow. Five years. That's, how about that's, pop, oh. pop that's, rocks. Ooh, oh, I, yeah. did, I did not look up pop rocks. I look at it. Yeah. Check up that one, Brandon. Um, I got a pretty deep one though. Bobby Brown. Oh, Bobby Brown. The <laughs> new edition last longer? Uh, the new edition pretty did last longer, but you, here's the thing. You want to know who didn't last longer than four years? Ray Cicerelli. Because uh-huh. he only had four years. <laughs> he only had four years. So, I mean, as a matter of fact, yeah, he was short four years of, uh, he, yeah, so. The like, Iraq War? Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's lasted considerably longer yeah. than the Confederacy. The McRib. Oh, yeah, but then again, it. <laughs> it comes back, so. Brandon Ortega, KOB TV. Thanks, buddy. Local celeb, best in the biz. Royal Wood the third, hey, local me. comedian, best in the biz. Thank Ooh. you guys for joining me. Pop rocks were around over a couple decades, right. so that was around way longer. Yep. ABQ Central, 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal.